Welcome everyone to the Snap Fitness Maitland podcast. I hope you're having a great day. I am Cameron Russell, the owner of Snap Fitness Maitland. On today's podcast, we have personal trainer Lockie Beavis. It's a great chat from his journey from an elite basketball player into the personal training career and his learnings from 2020 and what he wants to work on in 2021. Uh, if you like this episode, please share it with your friends, hit us up on Facebook, even give us a review. That would be greatly appreciated. Let's dive right in. Enjoy, guys. Lockie, welcome to the podcast and secondly, welcome to the Snap Fitness team. Thanks, Cam. Thanks for having me, mate. No, it's awesome to be part of the team and uh, yeah, looking forward to have a good having a good chat with you, mate. So not the first time on the podcast we've interviewed you before? Yes, second time, second time around. So yeah, got a bit of practice, which is good. So <laughs> hopefully know what to expect. Second time lucky, but more importantly, a part of the team. So speaking of, you are now a part of the Snap Fitness Maitland uh, team. More importantly, your role is not just a pure legend, but also as a personal trainer. Yeah, no. Um, yeah, so part of the team now, which is awesome. Um, so yeah got my cert three and four all finished off in fitness so yeah really stoked to be a part of the team now and uh looking to kick start my business up um for the for 2021 and beyond so yeah no I've, uh, really really looking forward to what's what's ahead and uh yeah no nah, should be i've loved every moment already so yeah really really pumped to be part of the team and see what i can achieve going forward Lucky, let's backtrack and what's your, you know, what's your story, your background and why did you get into personal training as a profession? And secondly, why did you choose Snap Fitness Maitland? Yeah, so I've always had a, a keen interest in personal development, health, fitness, um, sport, sport in general. Um, so I've always had a really good passion for it from a pretty young age. So uh, always been something that I've been interested in. Um, so yeah, I wanted to go down the line of, um, I've always had it in the back of my head that, you know, this as a career could be something that I could see myself doing. So, um, yeah, decided to get my cert three done a few years back in 2018 after I finished school and then left it for a couple of years to pursue basketball. And then, um, yeah, had finished off my cert four and decided I wanted to do that, um, this year and, uh, or 2020 and over the course of 2021 complete that um so yeah i've always had a keen interest in fitness just wanting to you know learn more about it learn the the functional side of everything and how how the body moves and how you can get fitter healthier and um what made me choose snap well i was i was a member here for about a good year before i before i headed down to melbourne last year um and that was a uh i, I just love the snap family i love the snap community i think it's a super supportive environment um and you know i think i think the trainers and the staff are a pretty good bunch here too so that was a big part of the decision too so but uh yeah no i just love the love the community vibe here mate and i think it's uh, a really great environment to be a part of mate we're stoked to have you and uh firstly welcome aboard as well um i want to jump back because you are a modest guy you talk about uh the journey of basketball uh and down in melbourne um you know, let's explore that because it's. I think it's a really cool story, and everyone should really know. Like your background is elite basketball, and you went down there, and Corona obviously was here last year, and it's still here now. Uh, but it really impacted you more. So obviously, you're going down there to chase, you know, a career in basketball, in professional basketball, playing. Um, and then obviously, you had the opportunity to, 
and you went down to follow that. Yeah, yeah. Went down to, decided to make the move down to Melbourne uh, at the beginning of 2020 and to uh, pursue my dream of playing professional basketball at the time. And uh, yeah, it was a big move for me because obviously I hadn't really lived away from home. Um, I've always been a Maitland boy, so I've never really ventured too far outside the Hunter or Maitland as a whole. So um, yeah, it was a big move. Um, really wanted to give it my best shot and see how far I could go with it. And uh, yeah, made the move down to Werribee, which is like West Melbourne area. So ventured down there with a car full of stuff and uh, dad accompanied me down uh, on the first few days just to settle me in. But yeah, spent a good few months down there just, um, you know, really training hard and meeting new people, new coaches, which was an incredible experience. You know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't change any of that for the world. Um, I thought it was, I learned a lot down there. As I said, met a lot of new people, developed some friendships down there that I've still got today. Um, and yeah, really wanted to, you know, just see how far I could push myself. Obviously Melbourne is arguably the, the capital of sport in Australia, let alone basketball. A lot of famous basketball players have come from Melbourne. Um, so yeah, I knew that that was where the elite competition was. And if I wanted to really push myself and see how far I could go, I think that was the the best place to go. So traveled down there and uh, yeah, unfortunately, look, coronavirus put an end to it. Um, but I still, as I said, wouldn't change it for the world and still had a lot of awesome experiences down there. So what's it like day to day? I'm intrigued. I'm sure a lot of people would be intrigued. What does the day to day look like as a basketballer? So what are you doing during the day? Are you training twice a day, three times a day? How would your day look when you were down there? So a typical day down in Melbourne for me was um, we uh, look. I was living in a share house at the time, um, so um, wasn't living by myself um, at all. So look, it was usually a workout in the morning. Um, typically, it would have been either a court session or a weight session just to get the body moving and you know get a good start to the day. Um, typically, it would have been an early morning one. Um, cause I'm a bit of an early riser. So I like to get, get a good workout in nice and early. Um, and then following on from that, it would be usually, I did have, um, some employment down there as a coach, uh, with the Wyndham basketball club. So, or Wyndham, Werribee, same, same, um, down there in Melbourne. So yeah, I was doing some coaching down there with some juniors, um, with the Aussie hoops program. Um, and also traveling out to different schools and promoting the club and, and basketball as a whole that way. Um, so that usually filled up the middle portion of my day and then usually in the afternoon, um, travel back um, and, again, another workout, prefer- possibly like more so on court. Um, and twice a week we had a team session. So we train with the team twice a week, usually Tuesday, Thursday night, and then the other weekdays would um, consist of just, yeah, either shoot arounds or shooting workouts, more court sessions specifically. So it was a pretty full on schedule um, with, uh, you know, a lot of running around when it came to coaching. And then obviously, you know, you had to make sure you were taking care of your body and making sure you're eating right. So that was a typical day. Um, and then, yeah, mostly, you know, you're in bed by 9.30, 10 o'clock at night, you know, sometimes later, depending on what time practice finished. So, um, yeah, it was pretty full on, but yeah, loved every minute of it. And how many hours a week would you say you devote, devoted to training, playing the team, that sort of thing? You mentioned that you obviously had team training Tuesday, Thursdays. What was the expectation outside of the team training? How much should you be training? You're obviously doing a lot of strength stuff or gym workouts by yourself if that's fitness or strength-based. 
uh, plus pure shooting, which is obviously shooting hoops on the court. Yeah, how many hours a week would you? It was a it was a fair chunk. Um, usually, um, our team practice would have been an hour and a half to two hours, um, sometimes two and a half down there, and it was pretty full on. So, you know, that's five hours of team practice plus an hour a day the the other days. So that probably brings you up to about eight on court hours, um, and that doesn't include the gym sessions. So, that you know, probably. 11, 11, 12 hours, I'd say, like if you include the gym sessions as a whole weekly. Um, and obviously, look, that probably would have gone down when the season rolled around, um, but that was more so of a pre-season schedule. So um, it was pretty intense. Um, so, yeah, about 11 to 12 hours. And um, what was your other question on that? Do you have another question? After that? No, that was it. That was it? Yeah. Yeah, so about 11 to 12 hours um, worth of, training court sessions um gym sessions um and all that so yeah it was pretty pretty hectic that explains it nicely now you talk about you had an opportunity um and corona took it away what happened with the the trial game you got invited to come along and trial uh with a a big team yeah yeah so i um i had the opportunity to uh attend a practice with melbourne united so they're the one of the Melbourne teams down there in Melbourne, which played in the NBL, so National Basketball League. Um, yeah, I had an had an opportunity to go down and practice with uh, with their squad. Um, so a few of the few other guys were invited. So again, it was preseason at the time, so we were all um, pretty pretty keen to um, you know to get down and, and see what it was about. So um, yeah, I remember the day vividly, mate. I, I um, woke up and headed into the city to MSAC, which is formerly known as Melbourne Sports and Aquatic Centre, um, so in the central CBD of Melbourne. Um, and, yeah, walked in the doors, and obviously with corona being a pretty big thing, um, we had temperature checks, and sure enough, um, I got tested, and uh, I tested high on my initial reading, and uh, they said, look, we'll give you five minutes to cool down. Um, you know, So they gave me five minutes, and I cooled down, and I actually tested under the second time, and I was like, all right, sweet, I'm I'm in, no, no stress. And... Um, yeah, and then the third time, tested high again. He said, look, sorry, mate, but um, you, you won't be able to come in. And at that point, it was just like, yeah, it was as though like all the hard work that I'd done the years before kind of just came. It was almost as if it came crashing down on me because that was the moment that I was working up towards. Like I always had a vision of obviously, you know, training in an NBL environment with an NBL team, with NBL caliber players. And yeah, it was uh, it was a real kick in the guts. I remember I was crying on the phone to mum outside, and I was like, "Look, you know, there's I can't believe it's happened. Like, it's you know, I just didn't think it was real at the time. Like, to be so close, like you know, there, there were Olympians in in there. You know, you got the likes of you know Chris Golding and all these other high level players who have gone to a World Cup, gone to Olympics, and to be that close to to be in there, it was it was a real kick in the guts, but. You know, it was a learning curve and I'm a big believer in everything happens for a reason, you know, and I, you know, I think I did get another invite, but then when you look at it in hindsight, you know, the 10 players got tested positive for coronavirus a week a week later. So if if I were to train with them, could that have been me? Who knows? But yeah, um, it was it was a real tough one to swallow, but at the same time, you know, it's a, a learning experience in itself. Setbacks are always hard to take, Locke, and I have two questions on this. The first one is, 
what did your your mum say to you on the phone when you're obviously you're distraught and you've told her that you're you know obviously what you wanted to do this day, what you look forward to so long, played over in your head so many times, and now you know it's taken away from you with you know a high temperature, a low temperature, then a high one, and you know let's face it, the temperature doesn't really have any relevance on the corona infection, but the rules and procedures they had in place to protect the players was that, so we have to take that on the chin. What did your mum say to you? On the phone. Oh, it was um, it was a tough conversation, but I think, look, she was obviously me being in Melbourne, mum being back home. She was worried about me, and you know she knew I was upset. You know she knew I was devastated. Um, but she she kept reiterating that you know exactly as I said before, everything happens for a reason. Um, you know there'll be another opportunity. They haven't seen you play, so how how are they going to say no to you again? So it wasn't as though they'd seen me play and they said no, you you're not up to standard, you know, we don't want you kind of thing. So it was when that kind of came into my head, I was, uh, you know, it didn't, I didn't really start thinking about it from that perspective until a good, um, a good hour, maybe even a good, you know, few hours after it happened because I was just, it was just such an emotional time for me. Um, But yeah, looking at it from that perspective, she was right in saying that, look, you know, they didn't see me play. It was a, um, you know, it was a, an opportunity missed, but at the same time, you know, one that, could potentially roll around again in the future. And, um, you know, with them inviting me back, it obviously, you know, it didn't have any effect on it, any negative effect. But, yeah, basically she was just saying, you know, there'll be another opportunity. Keep your head up. It's, you know, it's not the end of the world. You know, you, you they didn't see you play. You know, you, you'll be you'll be sweet. So, but, you know, me being, you know, quite hard on myself, as many people who know me know me well, you know, they know I'm pretty hard on myself. It was... Uh, it was still tough to, to recognise at the time, but yeah, she was right in the end. Nice. And the other part of the question was, what did the coach or coaches say to you? Or did they say anything to you at all? You know, how did they kind of deliver that message and was there any kind of yeah you know, leadership from them? Yeah, there was. Yeah, they were, they were excellent with it. Like they were super understanding. Um, I was in contact with the assistant coach at the time and um, he was super understanding. He said it wasn't it wasn't my, you know it wasn't my fault at all. You know I think it, nerves got the better of me. Um, it was just a, a case of yeah you know b- bad luck on the day I guess. So um, they were super understanding. They said look the next opportunity that rolls around they'll be sure to give me an invite and which they did. Um, and it just so happened that you know the circumstances down there didn't allow for it to happen. But um, yeah they were really understanding. They. The one, one of the managers at the front who tested me, my temperature actually um, went in and actually tried to get me in because um, I was only like a point point of a degree over. So it was like, you know, they, he went in and spoke to the actually the head coach and said, look, I've got this guy out the front, you know, he's got point one of a degree over. Would you let him in? And look, at the time I was like crossing my fingers and they just said, look, the, the risk is too high. Um, so... But uh, yeah, they they were super understanding, and they can they uh they just said, look, you know, another opportunity will come, and yeah, hadn't done anything to affect my chances. So fast forward after that, they you said a week later they all test positive to coronavirus. And yeah, they... not not all, but like a good eight to ten players tested positive. So it turns out that it was a bit of a blessing in disguise, I guess. So um, that's uh that that kind of uh 
saved me in that respect from having to deal with um, what would have been a very challenging time if that were if that were me. So, and yeah. then did you move home? Because I yeah of... yeah gathered yeah. So um, at the time that was when it got, it got all pretty serious. So um, you know the borders were about to close, and I had to make a split decision whether or not I was going to stay and wait it out or travel home. Um, and yeah, it was a lot of phone calls to family about the decision and I just thought it was in my best interest to head home and most of my friends down there all said, look, you, you, you should just go home. You know, we don't know how long this is going to be around for. So, yeah, ended up uh, packing the bags and um, travelled back up to Maitland and, uh, yeah, I was fortunate enough when I got back home, um, my hometown club, the Maitland Mustangs, took me back in virtually straight away. I was able to to get a few games in with the with the men's team back home, which I'm extremely grateful for that I still got um, a few games in for the year and um, also got some employment there too, which was which I was really grateful for. So, yeah. And now you're sitting here in the uh, Snap Fitness Maitland podcast studio, aka the office. <laughs> I am. Uh, yeah. Where all the personal trainers hide out. Yeah. Um, mate, how did you then decide to get into obviously certificate three and four in fitness, which is what you got to do to become a personal trainer. What was the thought process between that? Why did you want to kind of become a personal trainer and invest your future or career into this part for now? Yeah, I think I've, I've always had a great passion for helping people um, and, you know, helping people achieve their goals, I think is a, is a massive passion of mine. Um, and it, I think it, that definitely was a big factor in me wanting to go down this road Um you know, I'd, as I said, I'd always been into health and fitness. I was always, you know, a massive advocate for living a healthy lifestyle, getting fit. Um, but I think, yeah, the fact that I wanted to help people achieve their goals, especially the younger generation too, um, I really wanted to, you know, make a uh, make a real, you know, difference for people. Um, and uh yeah, I guess it was... Uh... Sorry, guys. He just got distracted because <laughs> his phone just rang. The number one rule of podcasting is turn your phone on silent. And oh, it was mum. Mum was mom, trying to call you. Mum. Gosh. We'll call mum back later. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, mum. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, as I was saying, yeah, I um, yeah, just had a real great passion for helping people. Wanted to, you know, make a difference in, in people's lives. And, um, you know, really, you know, I, I felt like that I was in a, a really good position, you know, with me, you know, already previously being a member at Snap and knowing you guys and having really good connections with you guys, it was, I thought it was a real, you know, a good opportunity to have. Um, so, yeah, I thought, uh, I think that was the primary reason why I decided to go down this road. Yeah, nice. And you joined the team. So, I remember you came up to me, uh, we were looking for a personal trainer and you mentioned to me, hey, Cam, I'm, I'm interested. Obviously, I'm currently doing my study uh, at the moment. I said, yep. that's great. How far off are you? And you said, oh, I might be a couple of months off. Uh, I was like, okay, cool, where you're at. And you said, you know, you've nearly finished. You've, you've done Cert 3 and you've got to do Cert 4 now. And Cert 3 is, you know, part of group training. But Cert 4 is where you can really do the personal training. It's like kind of getting your driver's license, going through P's. Um, there and then you know you said you might be ready by kind of february and then i said come in let's have a meeting uh and a chat and you know i brought mercho in who's obviously been there he's been in the industry for 10 years as well um and we're like mate why why are we saying february you know january february is the, the yeah. best go time yeah and and setting your goal there and i said you know we put the challenge to you to say 
you know, let's get it done by halfway through December, you know, giving you two or three weeks to do it. We asked you what you had on. You said nothing. I've got, you know, I've got a little bit of work yeah. on in, you know, yeah. during the day, but I've got yeah, a lot yeah. of free time. And yeah. and so we put it to you and it's like finding that and making it a priority and finding that, that time and space in your life to go after something. Um, in massive hats off to you, you, you know, bum down, you know, head down, bum up. Uh, you got all the work done. Um, and you know, you started doing your hours because you got to do so many hours. Um, you know, and, and by halfway through December, you're all done. And the only thing that we had to do was just wait for the, the certificates to come through from the college and the educational system. Yeah. Yeah. No, it was, um, I remember that conversation vividly with, uh, with your merch. Yeah. It was, um, you know, I had a, obviously I wanted to get it done, um, ASAP, but yeah, it was, uh, you know, I remember the conversation like, yeah, let's, you know, no, I reckon you can get it on this date. And I was like, I don't know, let's, let's do it, you know? So, um, yeah. And from that point on, I was just super, like super keen on just getting it all done as quick as I could, you know, getting my hours done with, with Luke, yourself, um, Soph, Soph's been a massive help. Um, and just, you know, learning even off Jen, Jen's given me some awesome advice, um, from a front desk perspective and just obviously she runs her own business. So she, she's been awesome with some advice also. And yeah, just wanted to get it all done ASAP. And, you know, fortunately enough, um, I think, was it Jan- January? January. Maybe January. Yeah. Got it all, got it all done. So um, massive, massive relief that I can, you know, just kick forward and just, you know, just grow the business now. Um, Cause you know, I'd, I'm obviously still, you know, massively keen to keep learning and I'll definitely keep on doing that. Um, keep, you know, expanding my knowledge. Um, but yeah, it was definitely a massive relief to get it all done because the hours were, you know, I remember, you know, jumping in on a few sessions with the guys and I just kept thinking, Oh, I just, you know, this, this will be me soon. Like just, you know, keep learning. And, um, yeah, asked a lot of questions to you guys too, which was, uh, which was really insightful too. Yeah, and that's the thing, and and you know, Mercho and I speak about it because obviously we look at you know the personal trainers, and we see so many, yep. you know, because we get hit up all the time. Um, but there's nothing, there's you can't beat drive or eagerness or hunger to be successful. You you can't beat that. You can't train that. You can't coach that. And the only thing that we can do is you know mentor, push, pull, advise, and kind of give you guys the tools to go out there and be successful and literally you know when you learn from many years of experience everything that we said to do you went and did and then that's what you said to you your business will grow like it's going to start slow and it does it it takes a while to get the first 10 you know clients and to help you first 10 and then after the first 10 your business literally doubles in the space of you know a week or two weeks mm. or three weeks. And, yep. and that's what we're seeing. And I just want to, you know, point out to you, Locke, that you've done all the hard work you've done, you know, to actually start a business. You know, it's super nerve-wracking. And I want to ask you, what's what's your experience like now? Because being a trainer or a personal trainer is one thing, but having to run your own business, run your own schedule, be accountable to yourself to find the drive, to drive yourself forward, your, your clients forward, your business forward, your income forward, all comes from within. When you thought last November about being a personal trainer to what you know now here in March, you know, how do you see it? And is it a lot different, massively different, kind of what you thought it was going to be? How have you found that 
progression yeah. and that that going from you know yeah, a basketball th- player into a career. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think it was um it was definitely a uh, at the at the first point of um you know me obviously coming to you with the idea of starting my own business. I knew that a lot of work would be involved with it. Um, and my family owns owns a business. Um, and they they were the ones who also you know kept stressing to me like you know this is it's a it's something that you can't muck around with you know you this is your living that you that you're doing so um you know that you're making for yourself so i always knew it would be a massive challenge um but um yeah from i've always been one to take on challenges um so from what you know you know month to month as the days have gone on i feel like you know my I've just picked up little things. It's been little things that I've picked up. So like, obviously, you know, scheduling in, you know, clients when you have them, just managing your time better, um, I think is something that, you know, I've really gotten better at as the time's gone on um, between when I started and obviously to now, to March. Um, I think that's, and, you know, obviously picking up little things along the way too, like, um, you know, different programming techniques different you know type of movements exercises all that kind of stuff um i think um and from a business standpoint more importantly i know me and you have had and luke as well have had a few conversations from a business standpoint of how to you know retain clients how to you know bring clients in um and you know just how to grow your business more effectively from a from from that standpoint i think has been something that i've really gotten better at um so yeah i think uh those little things have kind of you know gotten better as the as the months have gone on i guess so yeah yeah love it and being your own boss when it comes to sunday night are you excited to go to work for the week ahead absolutely who wouldn't be excited to come into snap fitness maitland honestly mate no and i'm that i mean every word because and i've said this to a few people already it's honestly like i Come Sunday night, I'm just keen for the week to get going because, like, I honestly love it. Um, I think I've definitely found my passion and what I want to do because, yeah, like, when Sunday night comes, I'm just like, yep, get me to the gym. Like, can't wait for 5 a.m. to roll around because, you know, being in the environment, you know, we've got an awesome team here. I think it's one of the – it's the best working environment I've ever been a part of. Um, Just everyone gets along so well. You know, we all have, you know, super – super good banter with each other and we just get along really well but also like being my own boss obviously i can you know i can take charge from that respect so i can you know i mean i'm in charge pretty much of obviously my own business so um and i kind of i like that idea um you know it's it's up to me basically to organize different things different aspects of the business to make sure you know my costs are my costs are okay you know my incomes coming in that's a that's a pretty important one that you know dad stresses to me about especially he's always on to me about that so um and you know it's an important part too so um and also you know keeping clients accountable you know checking in making sure they're um you know they're good to go for the week ahead um so many things that you've got to touch on um and so many things again i'm still learning but yeah i um i always look forward to every week here like it's i love it like, how does it make you feel when, you know, one of your clients gets a win? So they might have a goal in in mind or they might be looking to lose weight or, you know, lift a certain amount or work towards something. What is it? What does it feel like when you help them achieve that little milestone? 
how does it make you feel when you see their excitement or their elation or their sense of achievement? It's it's a pretty good feeling. It's a pretty special feeling. It's it's one of those things where, and I've already, and I've been lucky enough to experience that already with a couple of clients of mine. Um, you know, a couple of you know clients who are looking to lose weight, um, or just in general, like just feeling better. Um, when you get some feedback from clients, it's always um, it's always a really kind of special feeling. Um, yeah, it's just it's it's one of the, it's it's a satisfying feeling, but at the same time you. you you crave more of it because you want to help keep helping that individual that that person make more of a difference um you know and i think it's just and i've always had that that you know that want to help people as i said before you know it hasn't just come from this you know i was lucky enough to you know work with you know a couple of basketball athletes from a coaching standpoint you know and hearing them if they make a team you know division one division two a New South Wales country team, any of that, um, you know, hearing that feedback from them or if they've, you know, improved a skill set, it's just a, it's a feeling that I really enjoy. So, um, yeah, it's definitely, uh, it's a, it's a special feeling that I like. Yeah. That special feeling that, you know, you get, it's even, you know, you can only imagine what they're feeling because they've achieved that. Yeah, for sure. It's Absolutely. like winning a basketball game or yeah. or having the winning shot in that basketball game and, and you're the one. Like, that's the feeling that they get. I mean, people say we do Ironmans and triathlons and things like that and, you know, people say, well, why do you do it? And it's like, it's literally for uh, the last 100 metres of the red carpet, the Ironman carpet, where you do. You know, you spend 11 hours out there on, on the course and, you know, flogging yourself and, the many hours, you know, 15 hours, 20 hours a week training for it. But it's also the process that you go down. I think, you know, many people forget about the process. They just kind of want the end result. If it's weight loss, if it's strength, if it's whatever. But really getting into the grind and more so enjoying the process that you're going down. If you're in a six-week challenge, actually enjoying week one, enjoying week two, really embracing week three and four because they're the hard weeks. The hype's gone. The grind's there. Uh, doing that, I think if people can learn that to really just focus on the process, not so much about the outcome, the outcome is so much more rewarding, but you actually enjoy the process in the meantime. Yeah, no, I 100% agree, mate. I'm all for the process because, um, yeah, it's that's at the end, that's what it's all about. You know, you can't get from point A to point B without there being some sort of process. And there, there's always, there's a process with everything we do. It doesn't matter if that's business, business orientated you know, sport orientated, it can be anything. There's always a, a process that you have to go down. So 100% agree with you, mate. Like I want to touch on this and it's, I think it's a great question because of obviously we're three months into the new year. Uh, lessons learned from 2020. For some, very up and down year. Uh, a lot, not many people didn't have a smooth sailing year as they normally would obviously with the COVID uh, being around the coronavirus, etc. But also you have your own. So, What's one or two things that personally that 2020 taught you or the lessons you've learned from 2020? And second to that is what is something you're looking to work on in 2021? So anything, lessons we learned, blah, 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 or experiences we had, something that it taught us, and then how are we going to work on that or what are we going to work on in 2021? Um. I learned a lot in 2020. Um, I think... And it doesn't have to be one thing. You can yeah. name a few and then we'll kind okay. of come to one. Yeah, cool. Um, look, I think one of the one of the main things I've learned from 2020 is just um, 
just kind of being present like and just living in the moment as such i think um you know i, I feel like everything was a bit like just obviously with everything that's going on everything that's happened everything it was kind of a bit rushed kind of thing it felt like everything was just going a million miles an hour in 2020 um and i feel like at times i just kept i I was just you know rushing around instead of kind of just taking a moment just to relax a bit um and just kind of live in the moment live be present um with the people around you in the environment you're in um i think that that's definitely something that um i learned in 2020 um i I can reflect on that and i can like a lesson i learned myself in the in the same time is obviously you know march last year nearly 12 months ago gym shut right and then we had 13 weeks of uncertainty unknown you know i as a business owner had you know no income coming in um but what it did teach me is to stay in the present moment actually enjoy where i am right now um and just enjoy that moment because things around you can be rushed and seemed rushed but if you're kind of centered or you're you know, enjoying the moment that you're in and not as frantic as the other people around you, you'll enjoy it so much more. So there's two there's two things to that where it's like, you know, everything around you can be super, super busy or rushed, you know, but then you can ask yourself, am I being rushed? Am I, you know, doing what I really should be doing or am I like just enjoying the current moment? Yeah, 100%. Yeah, exactly. And that's the that's the thing. I feel like it's just like, is it, is it the, exactly as you said, is it the environment that's rushing you or is it kind of in your own head even? You know, like are you just... Is your head going a million miles an hour? Like, and I think that's something that you know I'm still working on today. You know, that just the fact of just being present, just calming down a little bit, just chilling. So, I know chilling is probably a bit general for it, but I mean, it is just that. It's just chilling. You know, like because you know the people who know me know I'm a pretty kind of intense, intense person. So I think that's something that you know something that's definitely I'm still working on. But it's a good lesson. Like, and it's then there's times like throughout 2020 like you know even when i was in melbourne um and even coming back you know the frantic search to try and find employment at a time where not many jobs were going around i think you know it was um that's just something that i've something that is a bit underrated and undervalued in a way like we kind of just get caught up in life i think so i think just chilling out and just relaxing and you know sounds cliche but it's it's true in a way so um yeah it's, it's interesting because you can think about your circle of friends right you, there's always going to be that one thing when you think of your circle of friends there's always that one friend who's always going to be in the present moment or, or a lot more attentive in the now or involved with the conversation that's going on a couple of things come to mind when i say that is like you know if you go out for dinner with a group of friends you know who of them are on their phones who's on their phone the whole time who's distracted if you're having a conversation and the phone lights up, do they just kind of look away from the conversation and more interested in what's going on their phone um, or if you're out for breakfast, et cetera. But then you've got some friends who don't actually get their, their phone out. They're actually really, really present. And I have full respect for those people. Like it's something that I'm trying to do more and more and more. It's turning my phone off or putting it on no notifications and, and just being there, being in the moment if it's out for dinner, if it's breakfast or if it's in a conversation. Um, because it can be habits and, you know, our little mobile phones are, you know, our lifesavers, really. Everyone loves to spend some time on it. And that's why I really love the 
the end of week report that you get on the iPhone says you're on your phone for you know two hours <laughs> oh, and fifty minutes this week. Yeah, no, that's uh, that's something that I actually I, I'm in full agreement with you there, mate. I, that's something that I'm definitely working on too, um, and which leads me to my next point. Something that you know, which was your next question. Something to work on for 2021. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. What are you What are you working yeah. on, or what are you looking forward to? Yeah. Focusing on. Yeah. Cool. So I think. Be, again, as I said, being present is definitely a big one and just, you know, just not being so intense all the time, just, you know, stepping back and just, you know, seeing things from a different perspective um, is one thing. But I think also how much time I'm spending doing things that don't necessarily need my attention there and then. So like the 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 phone's a prime example, you know, I'm a, I've, you know, and it's, kind of I've picked this up over time is that I've got this habit of just sometimes just pulling out my phone and just randomly checking it just without there being any notifications like I'll open it have a couple of swipes you know to the left to the right whatever and then just put it away like there was no reason for me to open it or anything and I know that's a little thing right but it's just it's something that I've picked up on um and it's just like well do I need to do that and do I need to you know if a notification does does come through, do I have to look up? Do I have to take care of that there and then, or can I look after it later instead? Be present in the moment that I'm in. So it's like it's just, and I know it's it's a little thing, but it's like it's something that you know I've I've started doing now, and already I can see like I'm not spending nearly as much time on my phone, but it's it's already benefiting me because I'm already I'm just living in the moment more, if that makes sense. So um, yeah, I would say you know. Phone usage, all that is definitely um, a top priority for me. And just, yeah, just, I mean, obviously owning your own business for me, I've never done it before. So I know there's going to be times when I do get a bit stressed out. Or there's going to be times when I'm a bit, you know, flat out, you know, it's it's going to be full on, right? But um, yeah, just enjoying enjoying the ride, but also not, not being too stressed, too full on about it. Because at the end of the day, you know, there are a lot of, you know, other important things that happen in life that you have to be present for. So, um, yeah, uh, th- that would probably be the one, the, well, the one, the couple of things, the few things that I'd work on for 2021 too. So, Nice, mate. Um, speaking of uh, dinner parties, that was my example before. So you have a dinner party. You're allowed to invite three guests. Those three guests can be heroes. They can be dead. They can be alive. Who would you invite around to have a conversation and dinner with, and why would you invite those three individuals? Okay, righty. Number one on the list is uh, none other than Luke Merchant. Okay, what? <laughs> oh, no, <laughs> nah, yeah. So number one's Luke Merchant. Um, no, nah, I really, I've got a lot of time and respect for Luke. He's he's done a lot to help me um, kickstart my business, and we've already had a few games of golf together too, which has been good. But it's it's been I, I feel like Luke's almost like a big brother to me in a way because um, he's been in the industry obviously for a, for a while but you know just I, I think he's a he's an awesome awesome guy and uh, yeah would uh, would love to share a dinner with Luke so uh, I know he's recently married but I'm sure Ellie would allow for that so <laughs> so if he's yeah. got you playing golf already um, he wrote me into playing golf on Thursday so we play Thursday we play Thursday afternoon so yeah. if I'm out of the gym, he's out of the gym, and you're out of the gym soon. <laughs> Who's going to be left here? Oh, oh dear. Good one, <laughs> All right, so number one is Luke Merchant. Yeah, number one's Luke. Number two is uh, I've actually had a change, Cam, so I know I've t- told you this before, but number two is uh, Tia Claire Toomey. 
T Claire Toomey, she's a CrossFitter, so I think you caught me watching some CrossFit this morning. So yeah, guys, just uh, back probably about eight hours ago. It was like six thirty in the morning. I walk into the office, and Lockie's watching this CrossFit documentary, is it, or a TV? Is it it's on? a blog. It's a blog. So Tia Tia Claire Toomey, who is an Australian CrossFit athlete, she and her partner uh, run a run a blog, which you know posts workouts and stuff on. So yeah, it was. I was watching that, so he called. So me. that's on YouTube. Yeah, YouTube. Yeah, YouTube. Yeah. So look, look it up. Very insightful. So uh, yeah, just more so why? Oh, just to to just talk about her fitness journey because obviously she's I think she's three or four time fittest fitness woman on earth. Yeah, which is CrossFit champion. Yeah, which I mean it's an incredible feat. Like you know I know there's Matt Fraser in the men's, but um I mean the fact that you know she's an Australian too, like it's it's pretty it's pretty cool. So I'd love to. To get her insight on uh, on her on her journey, and um, number three would be my pop. So my pop passed away. Um, it was a fair while ago now, um, a couple of years back, and uh, yeah, I'd love to, you know, share a dinner with him again, and uh, you know, reflect on some good memories, and um, yeah, just uh, share share what I've been through since he's since he's been gone, and uh, yeah, so. That'll be my third. So Luke Merchant, Tia, and your pop. Who would dominate that conversation? <laughs> <laughs> oh, gee, I think. Uh, oh, I mean me. I'd. I'd. <laughs> no, not not in that. Out of those three people, probably, I'd say uh, my pop because he'd 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 ask so many questions to to both Tia and Luke. So, um, and uh, yeah, I'd probably say my pop, but. You never know. Could could share around a bit. So yeah, nice, awesome, Lockie. I've got two more questions for you. Uh, the first one is: if you could eat, or if you could only eat one meal, so one food, all day, every day for the rest of your life, what would that one meal or food be? Burrito bowl. <laughs> no, no, that's yours. <laughs> So that is one. <laughs> nah, can't take that from you. Um, oh, gee. Uh, one meal. Oh, I think I'm going to have to go with... Uh... See, I was going to go with pasta, but I think that might be too heavy now. How would so... you have pasta for breakfast? That's I obviously thought that. Yeah. Obviously, there's, lasagna's a big mm. one that comes up a lot. Yeah. That's but... why a burrito bowl is like you've got salad, yeah. you've got the chicken, you can take mm. the chicken out if you want. But a pasta, you can't really yeah. just take the mince out or just have the. Yeah, look, but... I think it's going to have to be something. Mum, my mum makes uh, a really, really nice watermelon salad. Ooh. Um, with uh, I, I think mint. I, mint, yeah. There's pita bread. Is pita? Do you know what pita bread is? Yeah, that's like a bread. Yeah, it's like a bread. Yeah, yeah. So you cut that up and like you know dish that on top, but. Uh, Oh, here he is. <laughs> oh, Luke's just Luke, walked into the room. <laughs> Luke's in the room. Uh, yeah, um, probably. Uh, yeah, the watermelon salad, I reckon, is a is one that I'd have to go with. Just because you know, there's so many things in there, you can take it out, take stuff out. I think sticking with one food like lasagna would probably get a bit a bit too heavy. I reckon. So, nice. That's yeah. interesting. Never heard of salad. Yeah. Or watermelon salad. Watermelon salad. Yeah. Uh, Luke, I'm going to pose a question to you. So we just asked the question of if you had to invite three guests around for dinner. Dead or alive, uh, the number one pick from Lockie was yourself. Oh, really? Do you, do you have anything to say to that, Luke? I'm pretty chuffed, to be honest. <laughs> All you got to do is ask, <laughs> especially if you're cooking. 
Oh, mate, thanks for that. I appreciate it. Uh, Lockie, if you had Luke around, what would you cook him? Oh, watermelon <laughs> salad. Nah. Um, oh, well, probably a good steak. I reckon. I reckon Luke Luke's a steak eater, right? Yeah, yeah steak. Nice. Good Scotch fillet, Scotch fillet steak with mushroom sauce. Yeah, and uh, a potato bake and a salad. Yeah, nice, solid. Yeah, solid. <laughs> All right, like final question. If right you on. could give advice to, let's say, a, a younger athlete, it doesn't have to be basketball athlete, aspiring to do good things, doesn't have to become professional, just has to be a better athlete, a better person. Um, what advice would you give a 15, 16-year-old, 18-year-old, a young Lockie? Mm, good question. Um, some advice that I would give, or one piece of advice, is... Uh, Work your tail off, work your tail off, because uh, that's what that is what I prided myself on when I was, you know, working up the the ranks of basketball. And um, even though I didn't quite get to the level that I had envisioned, um, I feel like I wouldn't have been in that position unless I worked my tail off. So um, it doesn't matter about talent. Talent is irrelevant. I mean, it's always good to have a bit of talent, but at the end of the day, if you work harder than the person next to you or the people around you, um, your competitors, it'll give you the best opportunity to succeed. Nice. Love it. Thanks, Locke. Thanks for joining us. Thank you, Cam. Appreciate it, mate. It's been a pleasure. Until next time, guys. Uh-huh.